Hey, what's up out there? This is Japan Nick of Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. It is 10 p.m., and we're starting the show right now. Tonight, we have in the studio Xenophile. Now, I want each of the members to introduce themselves as well as the instrument they play, starting with Matt, the drummer. <laughs> oh, you took like half my job away from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm Matt Pavlik. <laughs> I play drums, and that's about it. My name is Liart. I play guitar. I am Ron. I play voice. <laughs> wow! Awesome! <laughs> How has this year treated you guys? I'd say pretty good. Fairly decent? Yeah. Um, it's been pretty crazy. We've been pretty busy. Mm -hmm. um, been playing a lot of shows. Uh, we released our album in March, uh, so that's been great. And yeah, we're... recording some new stuff now so it's been um it's been a good year so far excellent <laughs> now why don't we um start the show with a little bit of music from doyle bright of sog rigor mortis and hallows eve and then also get into systematic enslavement and we'll talk about that here we go this is raymond watts from pig and you are listening to japan nicks rock and metal pandemonium I am Frank, bass player of Tankard. And I'm Gareth, the singer of Tankard. And you're listening to Chapin Nick's Rock at Metal Pandemonium. Stay heavy, guys. Hey, Metalheads, this is Shamir from Destruction, and you're listening to WMSC 90.3 Mount Clare State University. Cheers. This is Henry from Woodshaven, and you're listening to WMSC 90.3. This is Digestor, and this is Clevator. This is Fermentor. This is uh, Dissector. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's right over there. You can't know he were in a way. And we are ghoul. This is Gatelli Cortez from Taking Over. Hey, this is Dave Chaos from the Crumbums, and you are listening to WMSC with my good homeboy, Nick. Hey, this is Carlos Regalado from Bonded by Blood. Hi, this is Yoshi. Um, drummer, tennis pianist from Japan. This is Rat Skates of Overkill. Hey, hey, what do you say, boys and girls? This is Bobby Blitz of Overkill. This is Craig Owens, singer for Chiodos. This is the great Kakitoy Shredder! This is Dax Riggs. Are you listening and maybe looking at things while you're listening to Japan Nick's rock and metal pandemonium? I don't even know what's going on. This is H. Mikitsli. J. Vessel. A. Averser. E. Invocator. And we are the Cult of Death Mutilacion, and you're listening to Japanics Rock and Metal Pandemonium. This is Meshack Attack from Mangled Corpse, Maniac, and Demon Spell, and you're listening to Japanics Rock and Metal Pandemonium. This is Brian Lapstan, singer for Enemy, and you are listening to Japanics Rock and Metal Pandemonium. Hey, this is Chris Nukula from Raptor. You're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. This is Francis Audley from Metalhead, and you're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. This is Modern Roy Guitarist, Scouts are Amazing, and Fields by Fire, and you're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium.
Hey, what's up? This is Japan Nick. We just heard Systematic Enslavement from Xenophile, and before that, Sog with, let's see, what did we have from Sog? Ah, yes, Angel Maker. Now, dudes, tell me about the writing of that song, Systematic Enslavement. Hmm. Oh, That's going back a ways. That does go back a ways. Uh, uh, like 2011, I think the summer, me and Lee Art were, uh, this is actually before Matt was in the band, I think, at the time, and uh, I think me and Lee Art were just messing around on some little, like, 10-watt amps, and we were just, like, throwing riffs back and forth. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Like, he'd show me something, and then we'd, like, we just kind of modify each other's riffs, and then we just, I think we put it together that same same day. Pretty much, I think, yeah, we put it together in my house, and then I think the whole acoustic intro came came later, and then we just oh, decided yeah. to put that together. <laughs> yeah, you had that, you had that lying around for yeah. a while. But the, lyrically, we didn't write the lyrics to that until Matt was in the band. So the lyrics came, like, wait, like after we wrote the song. So yeah. that's how that came together. Well, I had a set of lyrics. Oh, that's true. From when I was, like, maybe 19 or something, and then I brought them in, and then, like, these guys added a bunch of stuff and changed a bunch of stuff, and then we arranged it all together and that's the song you hear today yeah so it's all ron's youthful rage yeah okay <laughs> i think listening to like holy wars too much or something <laughs> awesome now tell me have has your lineup been uh, steady since the last interview you guys came on uh just well yeah minus uh a singer uh anthony the bass player he's he's still in the band um he just had a family issue that he couldn't make it tonight, so. Uh, that's that's understandable, but um, who took up singing duties? Oh, now uh, that would be me, Ron. That's Ron. All right. Awesome. <laughs> now, have you been a singer in previous bands before, or is this like brand new for you? Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty new. I had always just kind of sung along to music that I liked. I never really tried to sing before. I was always just playing guitar, so maybe backing harmonies, that's about the extent of it. So then we needed a singer, and we were having bad luck, so I guess that's just what happened. I see. Now, pretty much, what is a typical concert like for you guys? Uh, in terms of ones that we play or ones that we go to? Uh, ones you play. <laughs> oh, ones we play. <laughs> oh. We usually have um, the same concert. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> um, the energy we try to have high energy on stage. Um, try to have everything sound really tight. Anyone else want to jump in? You want to say something <laughs> over there? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we try to. I think we try to bring as much energy and just power to the stage. I got asked this question recently too, and I, I think. The best way to describe it is we just try to bring those songs that we have on the album uh, to life the best we can, uh, as clearly as possible, as well rehearsed as possible. And yep. Yeah, I was a little off the side, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we try to bring as much energy. I like it because each of us have our own different thing going on. Uh, obviously, Matt's uh, flailing around behind the drum kit, so he can't really headbang. He's taken up some vocal harmonies recently, though, which is sounding just astounding. Really good stuff. Liart had bangs. Anthony stands menacingly, like really stoic, and I think it's great because I don't think anybody else really does that. And yeah, and I fell around dangerously, almost hitting everybody in my path, which is very stupid. Yeah, and then Ron likes to get his hair over my cover, like cover my guitar strings on stage. So that's always helpful when I'm trying to play the right notes. Yep. Watch out for those crazy windmills. Yeah. <laughs> now, I guess. Any special traditions or sayings you like to do at every show? I don't I don't think, I don't know. I think usually what happens is we just get all the gear on stage and then we're like, okay, is it time to play? All right, let's let's do it. Some, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll, I'll say something about a song that we're going to play. I'm, I'm not usually proud of it because I don't like to make an issue of it, but like one or two songs, I'll make a point of maybe, I don't know, LGBT or something, or I don't know, like the, the Trump people and... You know, I don't like to usually get involved with that stuff, but sometimes <laughs> it's just in the moment. So uh, they haven't really told me to stop yet. So. Uh, <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. yeah he, he 
But seriously, when you think about America, don't you just feel like screaming, all hail vermin supreme? (laughs) (laughs) Every waking moment. (laughs) I mean, there's a person that I feel like make a great dictator. Yeah. I agree. Whiter teeth for... (laughs) Free ponies. Free ponies. Come on, who can argue with a dental re-education camp? (laughs) That's the best kind of re-education camp there is. Support really lies. <laughs> yeah, Tr- Clinton, Trump, they don't have anything on that guy. Nope. They don't have a boot on their head. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have a boot on their For, like, websites and blogs, do you ever, like, follow anything like Metal Sucks or No Clean Singing or anything like that when it comes to the new music news? Or do you just kind of, like, rely on, like, buddies and bands and things like that to inform you about what's going down? To be honest, pretty much it's just whatever I see in my news feed, you know, Blabbermouth or Metal Sucks, like you said. Yeah. I mean, people are constantly uh, just going over what Corey Taylor said at the latest <laughs> concert. Or, like, there was a guy with a cell phone and he didn't appreciate it. So, that's about the extent of the metal news that I get. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I, I avoid a lot of that stuff because it gets a little lost in seems like irrelevant things like like that i don't know to me at least it's more like gossip than anything but you know sometimes you'll see those those sites will have something interesting you know like i don't know i thought the announcement of that docking reunion was really cool and a lot of people were covering that i like docking i think that's cool stuff so you know yeah you know through through i hear probably most most things i personally hear through friends and bands and they'll they'll tell me i'll be like oh cool whoa and i feel a little out of the loop sometimes but you know one way or another yeah definitely for me is like metal injection also i mean some of those sites also have cool interviews like i like how metal injection will have interviews with a lot of bands that i like so there's that aspect of it but pretty much with with what matt said (laughs) so for each of you guys um just as like musicians um what bands do you like for like the particular musician involved? Like I'd say like Matt, maybe he'd be down with, I don't know, Slayer or something like that for Dave Lombardo or Paul Bostoff or something like that. Can you throw out musicians you really care about in the bands that you're a fan of? Uh, the first few that come to mind are Chris Adler from Lamb of God. I, lately I've been listening to a lot of that log Um, largely because of that uh, of his drumming Uh, Tom Hunting from Exodus Uh, always gotta go with Neil Peart from Rush Uh, I know it's a huge cliche but it's um, John Bonham from Zeppelin Uh, yeah Yeah, Art shirt (laughs) (laughs) Lee Art for everybody who can't see, which is everybody, Liart just uh, motioned to his shirt, which is a Crack the Sky Mastodon shirt. And so, yeah, Brand Taylor, too. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Liart? <laughs> for me, yeah, I... Who's the drummers you most... <laughs> most try to sound like in your guitar, guitar playing. playing. <laughs> um, you know, definitely Ringo Starr is the biggest influence on my guitar playing. <laughs> okay, get on with No. <laughs> no, for me, as a guitar player, Andy LaRock is huge. Um... King Diamond. We actually we saw the the Abigail in full. They played Abigail in full, which is really really awesome. Was that last fall? Um, yeah, the yeah. summer and fall. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that was that was huge for me to see Andy LaRock live. So that was cool. Um, Marty Friedman, of course. Jason Becker, of course. Engve, of course. Um, yeah, just the I guess the usual suspects. <laughs> Ron? Oh no! <laughs> you took all my answers. <laughs> I also play guitar. Uh, definitely a huge influence that I steal from all the time is Marty Friedman. I say that with no shame. Well, maybe sometimes shame. Um, Liart Pagoli, for sure, definitely. Uh, I, I have learned a lot from him, actually. I think we influenced each other pretty, yeah, pretty well. Same. Uh, Jason Becker, without a doubt, that's always been someone who I've tried to emulate. Like, I think if he was still playing today, he would just blow everybody away um you know back in the day obviously jimmy page eddie van halen were like a huge influence on me in the beginning who else i like a lot of the the 80s shredders like george lynch 
Vito Brada, like from White Line, if anybody knows who that, who that is. Um, <clears throat> like Warren D. Martini. I, I love that that stuff. So You forgot Chris Poland. Chris Poland. Yeah, obviously. That true truthfully, that was one of the first um, shredders I had ever experienced when I bought Peace Cells when I was really young. That was that was a huge influence on me, whether I even realized it or not, just from listening to the album so much I picked up a lot of things from him as well. What about vocally? Oh, oh my yeah, you does that too. Oh no, <laughs> that's that's weird because I didn't really ever like practice that specifically. I just sang along to songs. Like I just always enjoyed singing loud and high pitched. And since I was younger, I would be in my car singing like Iron Maiden or Dio. Definitely Dio. Like oh my god, Dio. No pun intended. Dio so God means the same thing. <laughs> so what were some of your favorite albums from these guys? Everybody. Everybody. But since you are speaking now, you speak. <laughs> Favorite albums. Well, Holy Diver was one of the first heavy metal albums I ever bought when I was about, like, 13. So, yeah, even that, like, uh, Vivian Campbell's guitar playing on that, that was an introductory kind of course to, to how to play, like, that 80s style. Uh, just Dio's voice. Like, nobody really comes close. Um Oh, wow. Albums, albums, albums. He did ask albums, right? Yeah. <laughs> Van Halen 1, definitely. Uh, that just blew my mind. Uh, any Led Zeppelin album. Sabbath, Master of Reality, I thought. And Paranoid, of course. But like Master of Reality was just so heavy for the time. Machine Head, Deep Purple, like, you know, even Burn. Uh, what else can I say? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, like the typical thrash ones, like Peace Cells, Among the Living, uh, Taking Over by like Overkill, and uh, Bonded by Blood, and hmm. Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood, obviously. Kill Em All, I thought was just the coolest thing. You know, just Metallica seemed so threatening and, and cool <laughs> on that album. And, uh, when did you learn about Rigor Mortis? Rigor Mortis. That's funny. Actually, I discovered them when I was still in my teens, when I was going through, like, that obscure kind of, like, thrash, like, looking for all these all these albums. And, uh, yes, yeah, probably when I was, like, maybe 18 or 19, I discovered them. And uh, I thought it was really cool stuff. It's been a while since I've actually sat, sat down and listened to them, but, you know, I, I liked it a lot. It was different. It was unique. You guys can go. Oh. Albums, let me think. So definitely Abigail, I already mentioned, because his guitar playing is great and the riffs are great. Um, definitely modern stuff too, like Lamb of God is a, is a huge influence. I think they're one of the the best modern metal bands lately. Um, definitely live, they're they they just crush it. And then um, yeah, that's tough. There's a lot of albums. I mean, the Cacophony albums, uh, Rust in Peace, uh, the you know the usual Rain and Blood, Metallica. Uh, master puppets. I mean, Ron stole most of my answers. Um, the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> the Duh. I'm going to go with Ashes of the Wake, Lamb of God, Rust in Peace, Hemispheres by Rush. Um, pretty much any Led Zeppelin album, just like you said. Um, like the first five Mastodon albums. Those yeah. are all amazing drum albums. They're great. Yeah. On that <laughs> note, let's listen to Welcome to Your Funeral from Rigor Mortis. That's the opening song on the album, and it's just, yeah. I feel like that is my favorite album of all time, and it's just like, just listening to that, it's just like, that should inspire you to love heavy metal, if you don't <laughs> already. Here we go. Rest in peace, Mike.
Yo, what's up? This is uh, Japanic. You're listening to WMSC 90.3 in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. It is a little bit after 10.30, and we still have Xenophile in the studio. Now, check this out. We just heard Rigor Mortis with Welcome to Your Funeral. That is the opening track on that classic album from 1988. Now, just wondering, guys, um, you have uh, two music videos already done for Systematic Enslavement. Um what was it like doing the Scorching the Skies one? Uh, I'll take this one. Uh, we actually went through this company from the Czech Republic that uh, they actually did our artwork for Systematic Enslavement as well. And uh, they do lyric videos, and then we told them the idea for our video. We were thinking we were just going to get a really simple, straightforward lyrics appear on the screen and then i don't know like merch info or something pops up during the instrumental parts but they ended up wanting to do this really big animation project for it that took way longer than we expected it to but uh simply because the project was so ambitious and massive and we ended up with this i think is a really good video um that it, yeah. it it's got a dragon. It has a whole narrative. I'm a little bit of an animation nerd, and like it passes my standards for like quality of animation. And um, the name of that company is All for Band. If anybody is interested in contacting them for a similar video, yeah, that was that was really awesome. We were waiting for a long time, and Matt was handling the communication with the company. But then when we finally saw it I, I was i was like ecstatic so that was really cool yeah i thought it was a really unique concept for a video um we had like the live performance one for suffering a tyranny and a lot of we got a lot of positive feedback about the scorching the skies one that seems to be a very popular song with people as well so it was only natural that we would have uh, <coughs> a video to, video to accompany it and um yeah every, everyone i heard back from said that you know, they really loved it. Now, did you really, like, tell them what you wanted from the video, or was it just like, all right, guys, you have carte blanche? <laughs> well, we gave them the the narrative, like, the story in the lyrics and kind of the point that we wanted to get across. And uh, uh, like I said, they ended up taking what was a pretty simple concept and making this whole narrative story out of it and uh they 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 really did like an over-the-top job with it and um the the only thing that they asked us uh they wanted permission can we be brutal can we have actual like blood and gore and violence and fire to which all of us said yes absolutely more of that that, like the amount that you were thinking do (laughs) double that then you'll be perfect now, how can people find this video quickly? Uh, just search YouTube, Xenophile, Scorching the Skies, and it should be should be right there. It might even be the pinned post on our Facebook yeah. page right now. Yeah. Right now, that is the... Every, every time I log on, that's that's what I see. So. Well... And people find it, and they'll some, I've noticed a lot of people who will share it, and even more recently, people have seen us at shows for the first time, they'll, they'll find it and post it. They'll re-share it on our page and then tag other people and they're like, like you gotta check this out i'm like in this mic so yeah i don't know i said a bunch of stuff and i forgot what it was because <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll survive anyways here's scorching the skies xenophile
And we're back. Yo, dudes, I noticed you're going to be hitting up Chicago for the first time. Any words on that? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be exciting. That's not going to be till November. Um, we're going to be playing with our buddies in Paralysis as well, who I fill in for on guitar. And, um, yeah, it's we're going to be doing a string of shows on our way over there. And uh, it's the furthest out we're ever going to be, I mean. That we're ever going yeah. to be? Yep, that's it. Never go past Chicago. <laughs> no, it's the first that we've ever been. Excuse my <clears throat> language. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to leave the state, so it's cool. I know you're going to be hitting up uh, the show with Smash Potato. Now, we're taking a look at their new album, and I'm thinking... Backpatch to the future would make sense. <laughs> this goes out name. to Chicago. Here we go. This is uh, this is an oldie, but uh, well, it, it's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, uh, listen to some blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? You guys aren't ready for that yet. But your kids are going to love it. Yo, and we're back. So, on that note, thinking about this upcoming tour, tell me about in the immediate past, like your shows in the tri state area, like the furthest you've gone. I believe you've hit up Rhode Island. Yeah, that was recent. That was uh, that was really fun. We we loaded up a small car with a bunch of equipment and just drove up to Providence, and and played a really cool uh, place. I think it was called Dusk, right? Yeah, Dusk in Providence. Yeah, so that was that was really awesome, and all all the bands on that that night were were really cool. And actually, our buddies in in uh, Thrashel were there, so that was fun. Sonic Pulse, uh, Chronovore, this awesome band from new hampshire called epicenter yeah that that show was really amazing and like an amazing crowd for a monday night just in the industrial section of providence to see a a crowded bar and you know like 
couple bands from New Jersey. It's funny because we still don't really know how we got on that show, actually, to truth be told. <laughs> it just sort of happened. We noticed we were on the bill, and I'm still to this day not sure. I just assumed you booked it. You were like, I have no idea who booked this. Thank goodness it happened because it was definitely fun. Uh, we got to meet Sonic Pulse. I had seen them once before, and <clears throat> I thought I was really, I was really impressed with uh, their, gu- their guitar skills. And it was really cool to share the stage with those guys and you know all the bands, especially you know Threshold, because they're local guys. We, we get along with them really well, and they were doing they were doing their first tour, I think, and they seemed you know to be loving it. So <clears throat> that's the farthest yeah we've been. More recently, we were down in Atlantic City, which was really cool too. So this upcoming tour is going to be the furthest out we've ever been, ever been, and hopefully plenty more after that. On that note, let's hear a few messages. Hey, this is Japanic. Tune into my show, Japanic's Rock and Metal Pandemonium, Saturday nights, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. via WMSCRadio.com and 90.3 for some of the finest tunes in extreme rock and metal featuring black metal, black thrash, death metal, doom metal, sludge metal, regional rock, and metal musicians, and more. Follow me on Twitter at JapanNick. Go to JapanNick.com. Hit up SoundCloud.com slash Japan-Nick and look up my published work at the Aquarium Weekly, Headsplit Magazine, and Soul Grinder CD. Stay heavy. I'm Dell, host of Mind the Gap. Join me Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern for the newest UK imports, Britpop favorites, and beyond. You can listen at 90.3 FM, WMSCRadio.com, and new on the iHeartRadio app. Follow us on Twitter at MindTheGapWMSC. That's Mind the Gap, Sundays at 10. Check it out. And we're back. This is Japan Nick of Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. Got a few minutes left in the hour. Now. As we were saying, tell me about also your thoughts on putting out the new album. My thoughts? I'm. It is a really long time worthwhile experience. It was. It was. We were waiting for more than a year, and it was just this a lot of pent up energy just to get that out there, and it was a big relief to finally you know release it and i think we got a lot of really positive reactions to it and still going and we're getting a lot of uh orders for it and stuff a lot of overseas orders for it which was the, the nicest uh surprise actually so the uh, art yeah i mean it's it's awesome to to work on something and then i mean despite all the like we recorded the album in 2013 and we had some stuff happen that delayed the release of the album but then to finally be able to put it out is it's huge and it's, it's like bad. relieving <laughs> and uh it's exciting to see where where it takes us like that's why the tour is exciting and all the the press and and the interviews it's it's really awesome to to have that after releasing the album especially cuz uh it was such a long waiting period of time that sometimes you get in that mindset where like oh will this will this ever come out and then <laughs> It only made it way more worthwhile once we did finally get out because we were waiting so long. So and and you know we've really gotten a lot of positive reactions to it. So I hope that continues. And now we just got our sights set on doing another one, <laughs> and hopefully more after that. So what was it like um, recording it in Weehawken? Uh, tiresome. We were we were in that studio like for many many hours, but it was it was a lot of fun. Now, would you be, like, doing this, like, one or two days a week, or would it be, like, you're doing this for, like, two weeks straight? In in the beginning, I mean, Matt tracked the drums in, in six days. It's like, that was back-to-back, so you can tell us about that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, Matt. What's six, up with that? <laughs> six straight days of drum tracking and going to the gas station around the corner to get ice packs for my forearm, which was burning and about to fall off <laughs> ouch it was really gross I like staying it. up till till sunlight yeah till sunlight some nights or mornings whatever it didn't really matter at that point <laughs> pure exhaustion and then just sleeping on the couch waiting for these guys to finish yes, that couch yeah 
So I mean, but again, it was it was worth it because we we worked really hard that summer. And so in the beginning, it was um, uh, like Matt tracked the drums back to back six days, and then we kind of had to record intermittently after that. So we would record one day and then kind of wait a couple days to get back into the studio. So that's why it took the whole summer. Yeah, that's probably the only only real painstaking part was that <coughs> we had to go around like a lot of other people were scheduled for studio time and um you know we just wanted to really badly get it done but other otherwise it was a lot of fun getting that experience and what it was like we learned a lot i'm sure and um definitely better for it you know so all in all positive experience Were each of you guys at the studio at the same time? Or would it be like after Matt was done with the drums, it's like, all right, guys, I hope you guys finish this album. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. I think I don't like I yeah. think I think Matt took a break from the studio after recording, which I don't blame him for like being there every day. And like you said, having your arm almost catch fire from tracking. So <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I was there as often as I could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were we were all there. We definitely tried supporting each other and wanted to listen to everything. Yeah, I think the three of us were. Even when Matt was done, he still stuck around. And it was just, I think at that point, it was just getting all the rhythm stuff done is what was really time-consuming. Sometimes, like I think Liar mentioned before, we'd be there till like 4 in the morning and sometimes even have a show the next day. And It was just cool. It was, uh, it was a really surreal kind of experience. Next to touring, I think, you know, that's just interesting to get a taste of that, like working really, really hard. One of the most validating experiences as a musician really is putting in the work in a recording studio and then hearing the product. Now, is that your first album being on, uh, Matt? Uh, I've recorded a bunch of demos and EPs for bands that are not metal and are so embarrassing <laughs> to show to people and Liard is on one of them too yeah, since we I went to high school together yeah we played together in high school on, on said embarrassing uh projects That's so nice. <laughs> um they're gonna hear this yeah yeah they're gonna hear it and absolutely hate me <laughs> <laughs> good can you name drop any of them because like metal archives doesn't know about them well, like I said, none of them are metal. <laughs> yeah. um, the only one, if anybody can find it, I don't have the recording of it either. Um, it I was playing, I was playing drums. Liart was playing guitar uh, with our friend Gigi, who now plays in a band called Gatherer. And uh, it was this single. It was kind of like a ska rock thing. It yeah. was. Uh, the song was called Opposition, and I think we were going under name this the name The Students. S T O O D I N T S. Z, my friend. Z. Yeah, oh, I oh, Z. I apologize. Oh, Matt, <laughs> hold that thought. Come here for a minute. <laughs> okay, Matt, I want you to read the news. Look, the news. All right, this is the newsreel. <laughs> U.S. to invest $2.5 billion in high-speed rail expansion. Okay. U.S. Vice President Joe Biden has announced plans to lend railway operator Amtrak $2.45 billion to expand services and make upgrades. The whole thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Need more news, man. Amtrak's plans include expanding high-speed trains between Washington, D.C. and Boston. The vice president said America needs to go big on infrastructure investment. Rail infrastructure in the U.S. lags many other developed countries, particularly in terms of high-speed trains. The new trains, which Amtrak expects to begin running in 2021, will have initial speeds up to 160 miles per hour, but will be capable of speeds up to 186 miles per hour. The new trains will have one-third more seating, increasing capacity by 40%. We need these kinds of investments to keep this region and our whole country moving and to create new jobs, said Mr. Biden. America's Northeast Corridor, which includes Washington, New York City, and Boston, is one of the country's busiest route networks. Amtrak recorded 11.7 million riders along that route in 2015, its highest number on record. 
The Northeast Corridor is a national economic engine that carries a workforce contributing $50 billion annually to the national GDP, said New Jersey Senator Cory Booker.